I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Eden Road podcast where on this evening's show we're going to be looking back at the 4-1 loss at home to Liverpool at the weekend and we'll also do a brief look ahead to Man City tomorrow night. Joining me for that is Dan. Dan, all good mate? How's things? Yeah, all good. Nice to be back. Good stuff. And also TV star, Brentford heartthrob, Craig Tillier is back. Craig, how are we mate? Uh, I feel like I feel like I'm the new go-to Brentford man now. You're gonna see my face everywhere. Billy the B, move over, mate. There's a new <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, mate. Good stuff. Just before we get going, guys, remember to leave a comment below with your post Liverpool and pre City thoughts. Subscribe to the YouTube and Spotify channels, and also give us a follow on our socials. It's at the Eden Road on Twitter and at Eden Road Pod on Instagram. We're gonna start off with tweet of the week. Uh, lots and lots of contenders this week. And there really was lots. I was going through Brentford Twitter after the game, just bookmark, bookmarking all the tweets that I thought could make a feature. But I've actually got an honourable mentions list this time. So I'll do the honourable mentions first. Honourable mentions this week. FPL Hive, I think this was post, wasn't actually to do with uh, the Liverpool game. But he put out, he put out a, video, uh, a photo with a suggested combined Man City and Brentford 11 that included some Brentford players in it. Thought that was funny. <laughs> we got at just the truth suggesting that Thomas Frank should be getting the sack again. And then our favourite Twitter account, one that should be in the running for uh, for Tweet of the Week very soon. We've got at BFCKXVVV. I think people will know who that is. Telling the clubs to stop celebrating failure by introducing Onyeka as an AFCON finalist when he was subbed on, <laughs> which I thought uh, made, made me chuckle. Um, but the winner this week, gone to at the Super Bees. Honestly, I could have included any of his tweets post-match, but I thought this one was the funniest. I already tweeted out on the Eden Red Podcast account post the game, so people might know it. Just reads, left early, not watching that shit, fucking embarrassing, Reggie on his fucking shit, the team aren't even trying. Um, I wasn't at the game, but I was watching on. Dan, what, what, what would you make of that tweet? 
if you're gonna go for anyone, I don't really know why you'd go for Regulon. Um, yeah. you know, I think he was, you know, relatively solid. Um, you know, he obviously he's got to live up to Rico Henry, which is not an easy job at all. Um, I think he's got some attributes which are better than Rico Henry, and obviously some attributes which Rico Henry is better at himself. Um to be honest, if you take away the mistakes, it, we would have probably come away with a result potentially um, against Liverpool, which is saying something. Um, and it also says something that we're now three years into the Premier League and people are getting very frustrated and upset um, after we lose to some of the best teams in the world. So it shows how far we come, I guess. Craig, what did you make of the tweet? I'm sure. I'm sure that he, like many others, was one of the ones that said uh, Regulon was different gravy after the Wolves came when we beat them two 0 um, Brentford fans are the most hot and cold group of fans I think that are out there on on Twitter. You know, you look at Man United fans who are just constantly hating the club, City fans who are constantly gloating about trophies, Chelsea fans who are just dicks, and then. <laughs> who just cannot make up our mind whether we love or hate the football club. It's like Marmite at the moment. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny to see how many tweets there were suggesting that because we lost the game against Liverpool, the, the result that we got at Wolves in the week prior was just a bit of luck and that we didn't deserve those three points <laughs> just because we get spanked 4-1 at home by Liverpool. Let's, let's crack on. All superb tweets in their own right, by the way, but the immediate head loss before full time because he said that he left early, I think takes the crown this week. Uh, I do love a bit of Brentford head loss. It is hilarious. Let's just crack on. Craig, first 35 minutes I actually thought were really good. Tony had a couple of half chances. I think the first one is a little bit down to Morpé's pass, even though Morpé had a really good game, but he kind of swivels his man and then probably undercooks the pass a little bit so that Tony can't quite take it in his stride. Second one, Tony doesn't quite get the purchase on the finish that he's looking for, but it was still both of them half chances. But it was it was a good start. That's That's what I'm trying to say. The first 35 minutes I thought, we played well. We limited them to fairly little. And yeah, the first 35 minutes I could get on board with, Craig. Yeah, first uh, through, through the first 35 minutes, I thought that we looked like the only team that was going to score. Up, up mm. until they got their goal, uh, which I know we're going to go on to, but I thought it was quite well a well-worked finish. I know it's quick counter-attack. But up until, up until that goal, I thought that we was the only team that really looked like scoring. It just... It kind of felt like, I don't know if you guys agree, but it kind of felt like one of those games where we'd missed a couple of chances and you just knew that against a team like Liverpool, if one of these don't go in soon enough, we're going to get punished. And then lo and behold, you know, they score on a quick breakaway. It was just, yeah, we was we was well in the game up until that first goal went in. But then from then on, it was just all downhill. You echoing that, Dan? Yeah, I actually thought at the beginning, um, the way we were moving the ball, we weren't slow on the ball, we were moving it well. We didn't have any periods even where we gave away possession and we sat in a low block. I thought we competed with them really well. And obviously, I guess it's inevitable that that wasn't going to last for 90 minutes. But I thought it was really impressive. And in that period, you couldn't really tell who was the team at the top of the league and who the, who was the team that's won twice in 11 or something. So, yeah, it was... It, it was very impressive um, to begin with. But yeah, like Craig said, you knew that if we aren't going to take our chances, Liverpool would probably take theirs. And, and that's kind of what happened in the end. Yeah, there, there's a bit of noise around the first goal. People saying it's Reguilón could have maybe done better. I guess maybe that's where the, the head loss came from 
towards him at least. I'm sort of in the camp, Craig, where I can see both sides of the coin. I think Reguilón maybe has to do more to prevent Jota from getting like a good contact with his head because if he kind of nudges into him a bit, like he's by not touching him and by not making it difficult, he's allowed Jota to just stand there and just pick his point so that wherever, so that if the ball lands on his head, it's going to go straight into the path of Nunez. Um, but I also see the skill in what Jota has done when he's like basically picked a ball out of the air and he couldn't have headed it any better. It was it was the perfect header to see up Nunez. So how do you see that goal? Is, are you putting any fault on Reguilón? I, I wouldn't say I'm putting a fault on him at all. Like you just said that, to be able to, to cushion a header like that into the path of your you know, your partner who's running then clean through on goal is skill in itself. Um, if Rico Henry was on the pitch and it was him that didn't put any mm -hmm. pressure on Jota, would we be having the same conversation? I doubt it. I think that because I think that he's got such a, such a name to live up to in Brentford terms that it kind of feels like he either has to have a class game or it's he's not Rico Henry. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people, and I know you've mentioned it, is if Rico's on the pitch, do we concede that goal? There's a real possibility we do still concede that goal. You know, the way they quickly countered us, I don't think it matters. The only person I can really think of making a difference is if it was Ethan Pinnock. That's the only person yeah. I can think of making a difference. And I don't know if we're going to go on to it, but he was a massive, massive miss for us against yeah. them. Well, massive miss. He was the only player I could have seen stopping that counter. Attack. He wouldn't have been back there, though, for that. He would not have been... Yeah. No, he wouldn't be the yeah. last man back. Um, it's yeah, it's like a, it's a, it's difficult because I, I put the question in the running order: Would we consider the goal of Rico on the pitch? It's 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 difficult because I think I heard Thomas Frank say after the game that that was like one of the first times we've conceded from an offensive set piece because we normally just have Rico back and he just deals with it. I think there was one time was it against was it the game against Bournemouth where he actually won oh, the ball back and then gave the ball yeah. back to Bournemouth and they scored. Yeah. Um, but it is how did you how do you see it done that goal? I have an issue with it, but it's not with Regulon. I think if there's a team in the Premier League who are going to concede that type of goal against, it's probably Liverpool with the place they have in attack and how they like to attack and how they like to break you quick. And they would mm -hmm. have looked in the week at how we set up at set pieces, and we do leave almost no one back. Even Regulon, the furthest back player, is you know on the edge of the box sometimes as the ball comes in, um, and you could see that as soon as their defender in the box got their con got the contact, you could see Nunes and I think someone else were already sprinting. And you could see Norgard alongside Nunes, who hadn't even turned around yet as Nunes mm -hmm. was sprinting past him. And obviously that left an overload. And, you know, we've got to be very careful about that because other teams can look at that and think, if we just gamble here, then, you know, we could get an overload on Brentford because... We, it is quite a risk that we take and we didn't really, I think it almost happened again it, later on in the same game. Um, yeah, it did. Yeah, so we didn't really learn from that and it could be an issue going forward. F funnily enough, just you said, you kind of said something at the start of that and then went back on what you said again, where you said Liverpool are the only team that could do that against us. And then you said, oh, other teams could do that against us. I well, don't, now they've I seen don't it. Think... Now they've seen it. It's yeah, possible. yeah. I, I still don't think there's... I Just thinking about the teams that we've, we're going to be playing against between now and the end of the season, I don't think there's any other team that could counter on us in the same way that did even City tomorrow night. I don't think that they could... With the pace that Liverpool had in that front three, 
for the start of that game in Diogo Jota, Luis Diaz and Darwin Nunes. No team, <laughs> we, I don't think there's any team that we're going to face between now and the end of the season that are going to be able to to run the way that they did at us for, for 90 minutes anyway. And it's kind of, it's kind of what makes it more kind of just like shake your head at the head loss that we've seen. Because Liverpool are one of the best teams in the world at breaking fast. They're good in the transition. It's like you mentioned, Dan, whenever there was a chance for them to hoof it up and we committed players forward, you've got Salah running, you've got Nunes running, you've got Jota running, you've got Diaz running. All four of those running at your defence and pace. All it takes is someone like Salah or Jota in this case to take the ball down, bring others into play, and then you're in a 4v1. And it almost happened. You're right. It almost happened, I think, like 10 minutes later. And they almost got in again. But I think... Um, Salah missed, even... I think, didn't he? Yeah. Salah, Salah missed, and then Salah missed in the second half. But even in the first half, there was a chance when, I think, Diaz maybe tried to loft it across. After that similar situation, Salah brought it down, brought Diaz into play, and it, he was just trying to knock it over to Nunez. But it is just... They are just a fantastic team. And I think when Salah came on the pitch, I remember I was watching at the pub, and... I was saying just get him off when Jota went down injured because it was taking ages. Then I, was, I saw Salah was coming. I was like, no, keep him on. Keep him on. We don't. Need, <laughs> we do not need Salah coming on. And he he dominated the show. I, any complaints with the second goal? I was kind of watching it back today and thinking maybe Aya could sort his feet out a bit quicker, Dan. But again, it's just like we give Flecken gives the ball away. Well, doesn't give the ball away, but he kicks it forward to Morpe, which is just symptomatic. I don't know why we keep hoofing it up to Morpé when we've got Tony up top but he kicks it to Morpé centre-backs win the header I think Gravenberg picks it up Swivers inside and then you've got to take your give, got to give Salah his props because he pings it into McAllister who kind of sidesteps slash jumps over Aya but any any complaints with that one Dan? Um, no I think we lost our ideas in the build-up to the goal because we were just I think that was the goal where we were just kind of passing it around the back for quite a long period ended up back with Flecker and he just kind of kicked it but it didn't really feel like he was playing a proper pass or, or aiming for someone it felt like we just were just a bit flat in that moment and we just lost our patterns of play that we had at the beginning of the game um but i don't have a problem with the actual goal um it's probably the only goal that i don't really have a problem mm -hmm. with to be honest um so yeah one out of four decent goals that they scored <laughs> go on craig i see you oh. No, no, no. I just want to say, I think this is the third game now in a row where I don't think Flecken's actually done anything wrong. No, um, City, City, he was brilliant, made so many, say, nine saves in that first half, and then they scored their 10th attempt. Cracking save against Wolves, which we then go on to win the game 2-0, and as we said last week, that game impacted the result. I know he made a, like a good double save in the first half, but other than other than Salah going through and putting it wide in the first half, uh, sorry, mm -hmm. the second half, was it the first half or second half? Second. Um, I don't remember him having to make a save by the double save and the chance that Salah had. It all kind of come from our own far arsing around with the ball again, uh, or, or just the defensive ineptitude that we have at the moment where it's weird. We're so hot on cold because when we play City, and we came off that pitch against City, everyone's gone, fair enough. We've lost 3-1 to Man City, but they've beaten us because they're just the best team in the world. They've beaten us, that's it. We come off the pitch after losing 4-1 to Liverpool, having lost the game, not being beaten. Mm. If we had played the way we did against City, defensively, we wouldn't have conceded those goals. 
but we just kind of reverted and the, the closest example that i could think of was was wolves yeah granted we didn't pass the ball back to them and give them three assists for their goals but defensively so hot and cold at the moment i thought we were absolutely dreadful defensively against liverpool on the weekend i thought we were awful yeah i think uh third goal i've watched it back so many times i can't tell who just one of them to go for it one one of them one of them has to like they but collins probably should get if if he doesn't hesitate at the start of that phase of play he he will get there but he does because me doesn't do anything i think that they've just got they've got to talk to each other better there it's just like the defensive errors and we'll talk about the fourth goal as well because collins He's confirming that kind of, I can't remember which one of you said it, but he's confirming that sentiment that he's either really good or really shit. <laughs> and there's no, there's no in between. And he's been really good. He was really good against Wolves. I think everyone was good against City, even though he lost the game. But it was just, once he makes one mistake, it's like the floodgates open. Yep. And it's a shame because it's like you say, it was not a game that we were out of. I didn't think at any point, even when, we, even when Tony pulled one back, I was thinking we might actually be able to, if we get another one, We'll get onto the Tony penalty. It probably should have been a second, but it is frustrating, Craig, just because it's just the def- like the defensive lapses. And I know that it's Liverpool, and these are the- these aren't the games that we went into February looking to get three points out of. But when you actually when the game's there and it's there to be won or it's there to you, it's there to get a result out of, and you give it away with stupid errors, it's just it's really frustrating. I understand people's frustration, but I do think some of it is just a bit overboard. But that's just Brentford, isn't it? I don't. I don't. Obviously, I want to win every game, but that's not going to happen. And I don't mind being beaten by teams. I didn't mind it when City beat us. Even when we went and played Liverpool at their place and they done us, I didn't mind that. But it's games like Wolves at home and this Liverpool game and goals that we're conceding where teams just aren't having to work hard to score against us. We're gifting teams goals far too often, which is going to be what causes us problems between now and the end of the season. We need more consistency in performances. We can't just have two games. I know we lost a City, but I don't matter. Two games where the team performs well and then returns back to this schoolboy defending where they can't communicate with one another. They can't put a, put a head on the ball. They can't decide what they're going to do. We need to be more consistent. We're far too inconsistent defensively at the moment. Where are you with Nathan Collins, Dan? Oh gosh, um, <laughs> he obviously you can't deny he has some good games. You can't deny mm-hmm. that. But he has played. I think this is at least his third season in the Premier League because he had one with Burnley, one with Wolves, and obviously this season. I think before that he had a year or two in the Championship. So although he's fairly young, he's had quite a lot of experience at this level now and for someone in his position the last line of defense before the keeper you want to be able to trust the player that's playing there and i don't know what it is but there just seems to be too many lapses of concentration where he just switches off for a second and because of where he plays on the pitch it often results in a goal and that is damaging for any player on the pitch but especially for a center back who you want to be able to rely on. And I don't, I'm not saying he should never make a mistake because everyone makes a mistake. We all saw Rico Henry make a mistake earlier this season. Mm-hmm. But part of the reason why people are happy to let that slide is because that is rare from him. 
you know that he'll play another 50 games and he if he makes another mistake he'll be like one other mistake mm-hmm. nathan collins and- it's happened far too regularly which isn't isn't good at all yeah i mean it's four times if I, if we're putting the blame or it's kind of his and i put equal blame on me and collins for that. i'd more blame than me for that one because he yeah. completely stopped which isn't yeah. a good look at all it's like flecker not diving it's not not a good look at all um and obviously he's we're talking about experience ben me's got all the experience you need and he could have at least possibly even maybe got in salah's way a bit so collins could have got to the ball quicker um mm-hmm. so yeah that, that that's bad i think i think he has dipped a bit ben me but i think he's not a long-term option he's obviously getting to the end of his career now he's not getting any quicker i think probably in the summer we'll need to look at replacing him definitely this yeah. game this game certainly highlighted how much we rely on Ethan Pinnock defensively. Mm-hmm. Sure. I think um I want to talk about Ivan Tony. Yeah, let's let's talk about Ivan. Because I we'll we'll talk about Pinnock because I feel like that's like one of the main talking points from the game, especially with what we were talking about last week at, at Wolves. But Ivan Tony, another I mean we we said after the Wolves game, it was like kind of he was masking up a bad performance with a goal. And that's what good strikers do. And it proved to be a pretty crucial goal in terms of getting that second and giving us a cushion in that game. But, I mean, I looked at his touch map after the game. I looked at some of his stats. It wasn't a blockbuster performance from Tony. But I did remember Ivan Tony can do this. And he has been playing through illness. So I think we have to give him benefit of doubt with that. But I do remember since he's played for Brentford, he can go a few games here and there and just drop stinkers <laughs> like there's no there's no two ways about it he can sometimes just have those games but I've seen him play at Liverpool earlier last season and even <clears throat> as in the away game last season when he played at Liverpool he was the best player on the pitch I thought so it's not like he can't do it it's just I don't know if it's ring rust and we still I'm still saying it's ring rust and he still scored four in his in his first five games on his return so it's still like a good return but Craig what did what did you make of his performance it wasn't and it wasn't the best performance from him I've ever seen I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Well, he had a couple of chances in the first half before that first Liverpool goal, which if they hit the back of the net, the game is totally different. The game mm-hmm. is totally different. Yeah, obviously, like you say, he's been playing for realness and, and he might still be a little bit rusty. He's only played five games, not come back, play five games, in which he's played 90 minutes in all of those games. So he's been thrown straight back into the deep end. Um I, I think that I think that he actually had a worse game against Wolves than mm. he did this week. But then maybe I'm comparing the team that he was playing against last week, thinking that maybe he's not going to get as many opportunities against Van Dyke and Canate as he would do against Max Kilman and Craig Dawson. Do you know what I mean? Um I don't think he had the worst game he's had, but it definitely wasn't his best game in terms of chances taken in front of goal. Saying that, he did score. Um, unfortunately, it turned out to be just a consolation goal. But he's in the right place at the right time. 
and I know we're going to talk about it, but how that wasn't a penalty is completely beyond me. <laughs> Dan, I'll throw it to you. I'll throw it to you with the pen. <laughs> I, um, on the penalty. Um, yeah. Ridiculous. Um, well, the ball's coming over. It seems like Ivan Tony gets himself in between the ball and Robertson. And instead of, you know, trying to get his leg round, he just like goes, goes into the back of him. Um, yeah which is ridiculous. But I would also like to say, I do not think for any moment that the result would have been any different. Um, I think he would have scored the penalty, but I don't think the result would have been any different um, based on the decisions that weren't or were not made. Um, and equally as funny was when I think immediately after that, Onyeka got the ball and then um, someone else came flying into him. We didn't get a free kick on the edge of the box either. And Onyeka got booked which is just hilarious if you watch it back. I don't know how they came to that decision, but my, yeah, I, do, I don't think it changed the result. What One of my favourite, I saw it during the game, um, Paddy Power, shout out to them, uh, did a tweet and I just saw it said, uh, Robertson bulldozes Ivan Tony in the penalty area and Michael Oliver is right to book Frank on Yekka. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it, I, I was watching and I heard check complete after about 10 seconds. Like the the shortest VAR check you've ever seen or heard they, on, on Ref Watch on they did that Ref yeah, Watch for that. that pen and all of them said how was that not a penalty Yeah how how, how can you how can you look at that in the VAR room and think that Michael Oliver hasn't missed something clear and obvious Yeah that's uh, just can we, can we talk about the um, the Luis Diaz dive Oh yeah I mean what, what's um, your what's your what's your take on it What's your take on it I've seen the video back. I've seen the videos back um, and, and there is minimal, there is contact. It's still a dive though. Contact. It's still a dive, but <laughs> all I will say is as first game of the season, we played Spurs and we got a very suspect penalty in which that exact thing happened. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to talk about VAR consistency, why was one penalty but the other wasn't? Or why was one not a penalty but the other one is so if we're just talking about var consistency once again why is yeah. it not a penalty do you know what i mean if there's contact in the box i don't i'm yeah. glad it wasn't i'm glad it wasn't a penalty but why <laughs> like looking at that one on jensen at the start of the season why is that a pen yeah no it, it is it's a it's always something to be frustrated with about officials i don't think we've been on the wrong end of a dodgy call in a while but that one definitely was one we couldn't and i think it is right to caveat that by saying i'm not sure if the result would have been any different had we been given the pen but it is still nonetheless frustrating especially when when you're at the game it's so different but when you watch it on tv and you get the replay straight away and it's just like what the fuck how's no one how everyone in the pub everyone in the pub just was like and they're all liverpool fans as well everyone in the pub was just like oh got that one wrong it's like how you ref listen, I don't want to get too engrossed in the details with uh with the VAR blunders. Let's um anything else, anything else from the game that we want to chat about? I do want to talk about Igor Tiago because we haven't spoken since we've signed him. Um obviously the final name in the coffin that Ivan Tony will probably be leaving in the summer, but we can talk a little bit about him. Anything you want to talk about, Craig, Dan? Uh I just want to say up until the fourth goal, and uh, I think that everyone has their own right to leave when they want to leave, by the way. I know people don't like others leaving early. I think if you pay your if you pay your money, you have the right to leave at any point. If you go to the cinema and the movie shit, you're not going to stay till the end, are you? So mm -hmm. 
everyone's in their own right to leave when they want to leave. Up until that fourth goal, I and Dan, Dan, were you at the game? Yeah, I was there, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was actually one of the better atmospheres we've had at the GTEC this season up until that fourth goal. And then when that fourth goal went in, everyone just fast oh, it. Again. <laughs> but I thought it was actually quite a good atmosphere up until that fourth goal, Dan. I don't know if you agree. Yeah, well, certainly for a Saturday lunchtime, because they're typically not good for atmospheres, lunchtime games at the weekend. Um, yeah, I didn't notice many people leaving, certainly before the fourth. Um, and obviously on some other occasions, if we were 3-1 down against another team, perhaps it would be different. Um, yeah, I don't I don't leave early either, but I, it doesn't, doesn't bother me too much, to be honest, if other people do. I think after the fourth went in against Wolves, I was gone. I was out the door. <laughs> yeah. I, I I know that people are gonna gonna comment on it or whatever, but there's there have actually been a few games where I've just frustrations got the better of me and I don't like people booing the team. So I would rather be gone and out <laughs> of the stadium before someone boos next to me. And this is the third game that I've left early this season. So oh. Everton, when we lost 3-1 at home to Everton. I couldn't take it. I had to go. Uh, that 4-1 against the Wolves, that, as soon as that fourth one went in, that was it. I was out the door. Um, yeah. And then this one, when that fourth went in. it's If we get beaten, and I'm sure if City had gone 4-1 up, people wouldn't have, leave, wouldn't have left. If we get beaten, fair enough. But when we go and lose games of our own mistakes, yeah. that's when people get frustrated and that's when people lash out and they leave. Which I think is completely fair enough. Absolutely yeah. fair enough. Anyone that has a go, people for leaving early, give your head a wobble. Let's let's talk about Ethan Pinnock. Obviously, news broke before the game, well, after the game, that <laughs> Ethan Pinnock will be out until the next international break. After we had spoken about this on the last podcast, I remember saying, why the hell are we keeping him on the pitch when we're tuning up against Wolves to just walk around and hobble about the pitch? Obviously, I don't know the nature of the injury, so I don't know if that had an effect on the actual injury itself, but still as a precaution, just get him off. We're 2-0 up. We've, all, we've already parked the bus. We have no aerial presence up top. Like By the time of the end of the Wolves game, we were kicking the ball up and no one was even chasing it. So why why we kept even Pinnock on the pitch, I do not understand. But it is a huge miss, Dan. A big, big miss. And he's one of our, has been one of our most important players since we signed him. He's been a top performer in every season. So it's going to be a big miss, isn't it? Yeah, I, I've been saying that too. I don't know why we kept him on at all. And then I couldn't see him in any of the training photos during the week. And then obviously I heard Thomas Frank's press conference, but I know he's known to not tell the truth a lot of the time. <laughs> so I didn't think much of that. And then obviously we were proved right. And it's not not a great injury either. It's, it keeps him out for at least a month, which by our time scales is probably the rest of the season. Um, so, <laughs> no, it's not. It's not ideal at all. I think he's the one. I know we've got. We actually do have a number of centre backs, so it's not like we're struggling for numbers. Zankers obviously doesn't play much, but he's around still too. Um, but I think he's the one out of all of them that you didn't want to lose because um, I rate him up there with you know some of the best centre backs in the league. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously Ben Mee's not what he was. I don't think he's quite what he was last season. Collins is still learning and has some bad games. Um, and just not super reliable in terms of his availability either. And obviously Zanka again is probably at the wrong side of his career. So it's a it, it's a big blow, especially with these tough games. And you know, Harlan might be fancying his chances to finally score against us now. He won't have Ethan Pinnock um following around for 90 minutes tomorrow. 
Yeah, I'm not sure there's too much else we can say, Craig, in terms of the impact that that's going to have over the rest of the season. I think we need him back as soon as we can. Um, so, yeah, just uh, if he happens to be watching this, mate, I hope you come back. <laughs> I hope you come back soon because we bloody need you. We bloody yeah. need you. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, boys. Let's talk about Igor Thiago. I think we can we can leave the Liverpool game. We'll do a brief look ahead to City as well. But Igor Thiago, completely out of the blue. No Fabrizio Romano. Here we go, confirmed. Nothing like that. Um, bit strange as well, considering it was Club Bruges. And we can talk about the fact that that probably means the Antonio Nusa to Brentford is off. And I think that's been confirmed by a couple of Belgian journalists. Mm. But it is a it's a weird. I'm not surprised to see Brentford being proactive in the transfer market and kind of sorting this out before we get to the summer and all of that stuff. But 16 goals in 24 games for Club Bruges. Did I? Did, uh, I've just this just popped into my head. Did he get sent off in the last game he played yeah. for Bruges? Yeah, did, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Not a good, not a good omen. We don't have to talk about that. 2016 goals in 24 games for Bruges this season. He scored in the Europa League. He's cost around 30 million pounds. I think 37 million euros. Dan, first of all, what was your reaction just to the fact that we're signing a Brazilian striker for a lot of money? I was just kind of like. It, it seemed a little bit fever dreamish to the fact that we're going to have a Brazilian striker up top, just to due due to the just like how iconic Brazilian strikers have been in world football over the years. What was your what was your immediate reaction? Yeah, obviously it shows how far we've come, but and um, mm. I also think he's probably the first Brazilian to ever play for Brentford, as far as I know. Um, I think it's a calculated risk. I think I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's a calculated risk. I think. Obviously, you can tell in terms of his profile. Obviously, I've ne- never seen him play before, but I've I've looked into him a bit. Um, he's tall. He, he looks. He's, I'm guessing he's quite strong. He's probably quite good in the air. Sounds a bit like Ivan Tony. So it's a like for like place replacement in terms of his profile. He's had mm-hmm. a very good record this year, but you got to caveat that. Caveat that it's in Belgium. It's mm-hmm. not the greatest league. I think he's only actually been there. I think he only joined Club Bruges last summer. Yeah, he's at Ludogorets, I think. Yeah, for, for yeah. quite a lot less than what we're now paying for him. So it it will remain to be seen whether this is going to be a good deal. And obviously, it's a lot of money for us. Um, it's nice that, obviously, we, we've signed him up early. He can join from the start of pre-season. Um, hopefully, he hits it off. Obviously, I don't expect him to be as good as Ivan Tony, But I expect him to, you know, contribute. And we need someone up there in the absence of Tony to fill that hole and it's, and it's a big hole. Um, so yeah, it, it remains to be seen. I don't think we really will know until we start seeing him as how, mm. how he'll adapt to the Premier League. Craig, immediate thoughts. I've got a clue who he is. I've, I've <laughs> no idea who he is, no idea what he's like. So if I, I, I can't tell you anything about lying. Um, I just hope he comes in and hits the ground running. Obviously we all see the, the, uh, the compilations that get posted on on Twitter and Facebook and whatnot, but you know they can make me look like a world class striker. So I don't necessarily believe those whenever you see him. So I just hope he comes in, hits the ground running, and if he's scoring a lot of goals out there, I know it's a totally different kettle of fish for Premier League, but nothing says he can't come here and do it. I, I did a bit of reading into his profile. So, like you said, Dan, he sounds. Uh, of a very similar ilk to Tony in that he's strong in an aerial presence. I think those that would be his most similar comparison. I think he scored the, he scored the most goals inside the six-yard box in the Belgian league this year. So a bit of a goal poacher. But 
dissimilar to Tony and more similar to maybe someone like Ollie Watkins is the fact that instead of staying quite central, he because he's got quite a bit more pace than Tony, I think he kind of drifts out wide quite a bit and brings others into play that way, which it will be different, a bit of change of pace. Like obviously he, he sounds very good aerially and he wins a lot of his duels, but kind of the fact that they haven't gone for a complete swap and in, in, the, in the sense that Ivan Tony is a focal point and everything goes through him. Um, maybe it's a sign of things to come in terms of the fluidity and in Brian and Bumo and Yuan Wissa kind of interacting next season, if that is they stay at the club. I did have a conversation with someone the other day about Brian and Bumo. Do you think we're going to be inundated with bids for him over the summer, Craig or Dan, either? Not this uh, summer, I don't think. Mm. No? no? Really? You can't Probably a year too soon. Yeah. I, I think that Ivan Tony is going to take so much of the focal point of our transfers this summer that people are going to kind of forget that we've actually got, you know, 16, 17 other players who play <laughs> week in, week out for us. And that, that may be, you know, that may be a blessing in disguise, but I don't think he goes, not yet. I think Dan's right, maybe another year or so. The, the, the one thing I'm just thinking of, if Liverpool sold Salah, and also there's a lot of rumours of him going to Saudi, then... I know a lot of their fans like him and he is kind of that profile. Obviously, he's nowhere near as good as Salah. I'm not saying he's as good as Salah, but he you could see him potentially slotting into their front three on the right hand mm-hmm. side or being an option for them. Um he's not he's not a big enough name. He's not yeah. a big enough name. So they got Jota from Wolves and he wasn't a massive name when he came in. That's very true. Yeah, so very never true. Very true. <laughs> there you go, I Craig. I some of that. I know, <laughs> I know my place. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's go into City tomorrow. Um, first of all, I do. I, we should say, did you boys watch any of the any of the Chelsea game the other day after the Bees game? It was it was uncharacteristic of City. Harlan missed a lot of chances, a lot of chances, yeah, ones that. that you'd expect him to bury. I think there was one in the second half when he literally had a header that was close to being inside the six-yard box and he just got it completely wrong. But City, Chelsea did frustrate them in the first half. And I mean, I know that Chelsea have got better players than us across the pitch, but I did want to speak about the preview sort of in relation to their game against Chelsea, which was their most recent game. How how are you feeling, Dan, ahead of it? (laughs) You confident? (laughs) I'm not confident. I'm not confident, but it's a free hit. It's our game in hand. Obviously, Luton are playing, but they've got Liverpool at Anfield, I believe. So I, I don't expect them to get anything. Um, and then it's our game in hand on most of the other teams. So it's a free hit. There's nothing to lose. I think we're the last team to win there in the league still. Um, so we've got a blueprint, I guess. We know how we're going to try and play. It'll probably be quite similar to how we tried to play a couple of weeks ago. Literally feels like we've just played them. So I expect more of the same and probably the same kind of result as well yeah i think we, we showed in the first game against them that we can carve out opportunities in terms of more pace goal norgard had a good chance to equalize i just think craig it's about and i was speaking to neil atkinson for the preview of the liverpool game and he was watching the man city game when we played them a couple of weeks ago and he said at one point in the second half there was about a 10 minute spell where it looked like you were the only one that was going to score and we just didn't capitalise on that phase in the play. And if we, I think it's about sustaining that momentum. And in terms of sustaining momentum on the other side, it's what the opposition have kind of had got joy out of us this season is when they get a couple of chances, you just know that that goal is going to come eventually. Whereas 
us, Craig, it's like we'll get one chance, we'll miss it, and then they'll go up the other and the score. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Realistically, I see this as a damage limitation type mm. game. Um we've we've said this every game that we've gone into with them, and we've done them twice last season, that I think we get every Brentford fan is going there expecting to lose. So any result that we get, any result that we get is a fantastic result for us. As Dan said, it's our game in hand. You know, we've been lucky where we've had, we've, we've obviously lost to City, um, beaten, lost to City, results have gone our way. Beaten Wolves, results have gone our way. Lost to Liverpool and again, Results have gone our way. So I just hope that that luck doesn't change. It would be very Brentford to go there and get a result. But I I, I don't see anything happening. I don't yeah. see it. Not this time. I think... I don't know if damage limitation is the right word. I don't think we'll get... Absolutely, well, I say this now. It's famous last words. I don't think, I don't think we'll go there and get like blown away. Because I don't think... Even in the 3-1... I mean, you could argue that Flecken kind of kept us in that game. But... I don't, I don't think know. you could argue it. I think that's a fact. Yeah. I don't think yeah. you could argue it. <laughs> yeah, that's no, true. It's true. I know my place now. <laughs> <laughs> just need to stop mistakes. Just, just need to stop those defensive yeah. mistakes. We can't afford to go there and, and give away any goals because they'll score enough by themselves without mm -hmm. us helping them. Without yeah, us helping exactly. Them. Yeah. And I think um, as well, I think this season we've now conceded almost or close to as many as we, as we conceded the whole of last season. Which isn't a great statistic when you're about to face Man City, but nevertheless, we will, we will be there. I think that would be a good point to wrap up. Unless you boys want to add any more for the City preview, I think that's I think that's about it. We can say I will be there. Are either of you going? No, unfortunately not. Yeah, no. I think it's going to be a very empty away end, unfortunately. But I guess that's what happens when you schedule the game. Well, you reschedule the game to be played in midweek. I guess they didn't really have too many options with that, but. I don't see a lot of Brentford fans trekking up to the treble winners on a Tuesday night. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Apart from me, obviously, but, you know. I'm like... <laughs> my, the old man, my old man's off work tomorrow, so he's going. I'm taking my brother, so you might see him up there. Yeah, I booked I booked a couple of days. I thought it would be good fun. I, granted, this was a while ago before it started, before they started winning every week. So <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of yeah. booking it just just with the nostalgia of the season of the result last season, thinking, well, we could nick something. You never know. You never know. Football, you never know. And then football is a strange game. Football is a strange game. Anything can happen. Exactly that. Exactly that. Just yeah. before we go, guys, remember to comment down below with your thoughts ahead of the city game or post Liverpool thoughts. What did you think of the game? Where do we need to improve? Are you worried about the amount of silly mistakes Nathan Collins is making? Because I think a lot of people are. And I think the podcast will be back on either Thursday. I haven't figured out if I... If, thing is, if we get blown away against City, is there that much point in doing a review? I guess we, we should. But if it's like 4 or 5 nil, then I might just be a bit too angry to do it. I don't know what you boys think. We'll be there. <laughs> we'll be there. We'll be there. Five minute one. Not bloody going back there again, are we? <laughs>
<laughs> we'll either be back later this week or following the West. I'll be definitely be back with the West Ham preview. So do keep your eyes peeled across the socials for that. <clears throat> and just before we go, remember to subscribe to the YouTube and Spotify channels, leave a rating as well. And also give us a follow on our socials. That's at Elam Road on Twitter and at Elam Road Pod on Instagram. Craig, Dan, it's been a pleasure. Let's hope for three points tomorrow. Time they've made it. They've won a playoff campaign. And they've done it at Wembley. And for the first time in 74 years, Brentford will play in the top flight of English football. And he puts it in. Sergi Podcast Network. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.